0: Hello, hello, I'm Casey, I'm Sarah, and we are Relatively relatively Dark.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Are you ready? Yes. I like recording in the mornings, we usually don't, but I like
0: it. I'm okay either way. Sorry we have another late one. Yeah, weekend kind of got me. It happens. We get stuff like every day.
1: But we didn't take off for Memorial Day, so that's why. Right. Tried to cram all of this in with a
0: holiday. Yep, and birthday parties and softball, all kinds of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but we're here, and I'm excited about the story today. I am too. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. Yes. Okay. We are going to talk about, well, I'm going to tell you the story of Dennis Yachlich. Yachlich. Yes. Yay. Yachlich. Yachlich. So, now our story begins in 1977, Colorado. Okay. That was like really low. (laughs) Colorado. (laughs) So, uh, Dennis Yachlich was 30 years old and he was married to 35-year-old Barbara. Uh, They lived in Avondale, Colorado on a large farm. Dennis worked at the Pueblo Police Department as a police officer. They had one daughter together who was three years old at this time and three other children that were Barbaras. Okay. So from her previous marriage. Okay. Their ages were all somewhere between nine and 13 at the time. There was Ray, Kim, and Christopher Ann's Lavar. Sounds good to me. That's how I'm going to say that. Okay. Okay. Um, Dennis treated these children as his own. That's good. Valentine's Day that year, in 1977, the family went through a horrible tragedy, though. Uh. Barbara had suffered from a severe potassium deficiency, and she collapsed in front of 10-year-old Christopher. Oh, no. Um, Dennis tried to perform CPR, but unfortunately, Barbara passed away. Oh,
1: that's so sad. Yeah. That poor kid.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other kids, I think, were there, too, but... He saw it. Yeah. That's really sad. He's the one who went to get Dennis. Uh. Yep. There was apparently some type of reaction to a diet pill that she was taking. Oh, no. And it may have caused the potassium deficiency. I'm not sure. But the autopsy, uh, uh, autopsy, <laughs> the autopsy, the autopsy also revealed damage to her liver that they suspected happened when Dennis had performed CPR. Yeah. And that's what caused her death.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. So him trying to save her may have killed her. Yeah. That's awful.
0: Yeah, it is pretty Tragedy. Bad. It is. Yeah. It, it, that is awful. Yep. So, a few months after this, Dennis hired 30-year-old Donna Gilkey as a nanny to help with the children. Cause he was a police officer. He worked long hours. Yeah. Uh, they end up falling in love with his nanny, and in October of 1978, they get married. I kind of saw that coming. Yep. <laughs> a few months after they get married, Dennis is promoted to work at work to a narcotics detective. Okay. Um, He's also an avid weightlifter and bodybuilder. Christopher, Dennis's stepson, describes Donna as the hip mother, older sister. So So they liked her. Yes, their kids really liked her, and she just stayed at home, took care of everything while Dennis worked. And in December of 1979, they had a son together, and they named him Dennis Jr. Okay. And called him Little Dennis. Little Denny. Yeah. So they have five children there. Whenever Barbara passed away, um,
1: he got custody. Yeah, Dennis
0: had custody of all the children, her children too. Uh, so Dennis and Donna had the three children, Ray, Kim, and Christopher from Barbara's previous marriage. Mm -hmm. They also had Vanessa, which was Barbara and Dennis's daughter. And they had little Dennis, which was Donna and Dennis's son. Okay. So they have five children. It's a lot. Like it took me a while to wrap my head around it and remember, okay, who's this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a handful. Yep. (laughs) Literally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. So now we're going to fast forward to 1985. Okay. So six years later. Yes. We're going to be talking about the very Fairly, very early slash late night okay. of December 12th, 1985. Dennis got home after work. Uh, he left a couple of hours early that night. He worked the night shift most of the time. Um, he got out of his truck and in his driveway, he is shot multiple times. Oh, no. And it kills him instantly. Oh. So now we get into the crime part.
1: It happened so fast.
0: Yeah. Um, his wife, Donna, heard the shots. She ran outside. She found him lying on the ground and she called 911 and that was about one o'clock in the morning. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about how other people described Dennis. Um, they described him as a gentle giant, Aww. gentle, mild-mannered, and kind of shy, and just a good man. Hmm. So some of their speculations, they thought that someone was probably waiting for him to get home, Yeah. and that may have been related to a drug case that he was working on.
1: Yeah, that's what I was wondering, because he had just yep. moved to narcotics like what a Years before that, right?
0: Uh, this was
1: oh, well. This was six years later. So he had been yeah there for I mean, six years. But yeah, he was in
0: Narcotics Anonymous before they even had Dennis Jr.
1: He was in Narcotics Anonymous. I'm telling y'all, I don't think he should be gonna, working in the Narcotics Department at the admit police station.
0: That, um, <laughs> in the mornings, my brain doesn't function at a hundred percent. We should always record in the morning. So please overlook my mishaps. It's okay. He was a narcotics detective before they had little Dennis okay uh, so it didn't take long for rewards to be posted in exchange for information that would help with an arrest and after only a few hours, two thousand dollars was offered Aww. for anything so I just feel like this kind of goes to show you know he was kind of a well respected I feel like a well-known man yeah um at the funeral there were over five hundred people wow and at least three hundred police officers
1: brothers in blue
0: yep So, now we're going to talk about the investigation. Joseph Antonio led the investigation. Uh, Some of the evidence at the scene are the following. (laughs) Three shells were found. Um, He had been shot in the head. Uh, Dennis did not draw his weapon that he had. Um, The weapon was a 12-gauge shotgun, and there were also footprints in the snow.
1: It was a 12-gauge shotgun?
0: Yes. Wow.
1: Yep. And so, they found three shells. Was he shot three times? Is that what you said?
0: No, they found three shells. Okay. He mm-hmm. was shot five times. Oh. Yes. Okay. So then as the investigation goes on a little bit, they feel like more than one person was involved, but they couldn't be sure. Mm-hmm. Um. They tracked the footprints, but only a quarter of a mile, which didn't really help them much. They determined that he was shot five times, multiple times in the body, mm. and once in the head. They interviewed at least, or more than 50 people. For this, and they had no suspects, and any leads that they followed didn't give any new information.
1: Of course. So. Real quick, um, one of my peppers is in here with us, and uh, she is snoozing. So if you hear any snoring, I apologize. I <laughs> didn't even notice. <laughs> I can feel it vibrating on my foot. <laughs>
0: All right. Are you ready for some excitement? Yes. Me too. Mm-hmm. I already know everything, but I'm excited to tell you. So. February 25th, 1986. This is over two months later. Mm-hmm. The police receive a phone call from a woman who said she had information about the case.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: what you know?
0: She told the police that she heard from a friend that that friend's boyfriend and his brother had killed Dennis Yacklich.
1: Okay. The they lady were, who
0: called yes. had a friend whose boyfriend told that friend. Like saying,
1: hey. That him and somebody else yeah, did it.
0: Like, hey, my friend told me that his boyfriend told her. Okay. This is what happened.
1: Heard it through the grapevine.
0: Yep. And another source said that he was bragging about it. Or not another source, but another time during the investigation. By the way, I followed this investigation through newspaper articles uh, from that time. There was one person specifically that uh, wrote a lot of them. But So some of the facts kind of changed a little bit throughout the articles. Yeah. but So he could have been back bragging, but that wasn't the first thing that was said about it. They check out her story, it checks out, and they issue arrest warrants for Charles and Edward Greenwell. Okay. uh, For further questioning. So, they don't actually have, they're not under arrest for the murder or anything yet. Right. Um, They bring them in, and once they were in custody, custody.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Once they were in custody.
0: My next word is they. So, I don't know. All right.
1: I just needed a minute. I'm sorry.
0: No, you're fine. I get it. Continue. Okay. Once the brothers were in custody, Custody. (laughs) they confessed to the murder. At this time, Charles was only 16 years old. Wow. And Edward was 25. So either way, they're not very old. Yeah. Their motive was money.
1: That makes no sense to me.
0: They were hired. Oh. Yes. They said they were hired by someone else to kill Dennis. Uh Uh-huh. This someone was Donna Yakulich. Shocker. <laughs> and after this, a warrant was issued for her arrest as well. At the time the warrant was issued, Donna wasn't even in the state <laughs> of Colorado. Some of her family had said that she had went to South Dakota on February 19th to visit other family members and was supposed to be back on March 1st. Mm-hmm. But, after investigating, authorities thought that she may not even be in the country. So, as far as whether she went to South Dakota or not, I don't even know. According to the newspaper articles that I read, she had quit her job at a hardware store and mentioned to someone that she, quote, needed to get away for a while because of the pressures following her husband's murder, end quote. That's why she was gone. It doesn't really make uh, sense to me, but you know. Come to find out she was in Jamaica. Huh. She had arrived back in Colorado on Friday, February 28th, and she turned herself in on Saturday. Because she knew they were wanting to question her. Yeah. They knew there was a warrant, so she turned herself in. While Donna was there, she was actually with another man. Mm. Uh, He was a lawyer named John Gidduck, who had represented her when she got custody of Vanessa. Mm. This confused me a little bit because I don't have any more information on that. I don't know if this was after Dennis's murder, that she went through just something legal, maybe some motions to get custody of Vanessa because both of Vanessa's parents are dead now. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what it is, unless she tried to get, like, maybe legal guardianship or something over her when her and Dennis were together because her mom had passed away.
1: Yeah. I don't know. So,
0: I don't know. I just know that he represented her when she got custody. hmm This is who she was with while she was in Jamaica. Um, Donna was charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There was no question about whether she did it or not. They proved that. She didn't deny it at all. Oh, well. I don't know if she actually confessed to doing it, really, but I don't know how exactly that happened. I don't know if they asked her, and she said, yes, I did, it, and then that was it. But they arrested her and charged her with that. She didn't contest either way. While awaiting her trial, Donna is released on bail.
1: I don't understand why people are out when they're
0: arrested for murder. I was thinking the same thing, but the best thing I can think of is the fact that she didn't actually do it, and the person that it was was her husband, so it's probably not like she's going to go out and do it again to somebody else. I don't know. I guess so, but... But um, her bail was $300,000. She got money. Yep. The Greenwell brothers, what happened to them, Charles the Younger One, he pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. So he was tried as an adult. Yeah. He was 16, right? Yes. Ooh. Um, I don't have the information on exactly when their trials were, but... Yeah, it don't matter. Yeah. Um, the older brother, Edward, he also pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 30 years. Okay. They were originally facing the death penalty and charged with first-degree murder, but they got a lesser sentence in exchange for testifying in their trials that Donna Yaclitch had hired them to kill Dennis. Mm-hmm. And they kind of also testified against each other. Yeah. Really. They both had explained what happened, that they had waited for Dennis to get home and shot him. They testified that Donna had promised to pay them $5,000 up front and $50,000 apiece after she had cashed in on Dennis's life insurance policies.
1: Mm-hmm, Tell as old as time. Yeah,
0: um, this amount varied in different articles that I read. Or maybe it changed, I don't know, or what they remembered. Or maybe the amount that she said she'd give them changed. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But in different articles that I read, the amount that she said that she would give them up front and after was different quite a bit. Yeah. Um, they also testified that Donna said she wanted Dennis dead because he was beating on her.
1: I figured that was coming.
0: Yeah. So, now we're going to talk about the trial. January 25th, 1988. So two years after his murder. Yeah, a little over two years. Donna's defense was that Dennis was extremely abusive, used steroids, and she feared for her life. She hired someone to kill him in self-defense. During opening arguments, Donna's lawyer, Stanley Marks, he read from a letter that Donna had written to Dennis's father claiming that Dennis had mentioned to her that he could hurt her and knew how to make it look like an accident. Um, there was a spectator of the trial that was a former coworker of Dennis. She said she hated him.
1: The coworker hated Dennis. Yes. Okay.
0: And portrayed him to be a bully to other coworkers. Hmm. The first witness in the trial was Edward Greenwell, whose story you already know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But he also said that Donna had asked him about killing Dennis nine months before they actually did it.
1: How long was she planning this whole thing? Oh, long time. This little murder.
0: Yeah. He did also testify, though, that she had bruises around her eyes a number of different times that they met. So, this is kind of funny because it made me think of another case. And I did not know this when I started this. This this is Amber Heard before Amber Heard. I was saying, I was like, well, you could make yourself look like you got bruises. You
1: can get a bruise kit, a makeup kit.
0: Yeah, color correction kit. There are some things that I'm like, well, we already know that you can make it look like... (laughs) <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. which obviously anyway i mean movies me and emily whenever we were little we would take crayons and draw bruises like on our legs and stuff because mm-hmm. we were weird we told granny oh my gosh we had like hit our shin or whatever and she's like oh i'm sorry and i was like no we're just playing you know we made them ourselves or whatever and she thought we were like hitting our legs with stuff making bruises oh my she's god like, i'm gonna tell your mama what you're doing i'm like granny no we use crayons oh we don't have picture i'm like
0: i'm not beating myself oh my gosh that's hilarious. Oh, I Did not know understood. that. Mm Okay, so now we're on to the second day of the trial and Joseph Antonio, who was the lead investigator, he was in the process of giving his testimony, explaining what happened and going over the evidence that was found. He stated that another investigator had spoken with Donna on the phone and quote, there was a great deal of discussion about taking a polygraph. This caused an instant mistrial.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can't you can't do that.
0: You can't say polygraph apparently in court.
1: Well, yeah, they're inadmissible.
0: Right, but I did not know you couldn't say it. I didn't know you couldn't say it either. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, the judge turned around and said, "Oh crap!" What would he say? Oh, <laughs> Dang <it>. I wasn't. <laughs> I thought gonna... you were saying. Turned around and said, "Oh crap!" <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wasn't gonna put it in there because I wasn't gonna say it. But he said something else, and then he was like, "We're done here," or "We're, we're through with you," or something. Yeah, so
1: that's like if somebody pleads the fifth. Yep, they that was... can't say oh, well, they pled the fifth, so that right there should give you your answer. They can't say that. Yep. Even when they scratch
0: stuff or yeah. strike Strike stuff. that
1: from the record. Okay, well, they have ears. They still heard that.
0: Right. I think that part of it, though, is whenever they're reviewing everything because they probably can't remember everything that was said, mm-hmm. that's not in there to look back on. Yeah, that's So true. if So, even if it's not admissible, if they say that there was mention of a polygraph and there was no polygraph, I think it maybe could sway them possibly. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, first trial was mistrial. There's mm-hmm. a second trial, though.
1: Good. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, if you tell me that nothing ever happened after yeah. that, because I do that all the time.
0: The next trial is in May 9th, 1998.
1: It's in May 9th.
0: On. In May of 1998, on in in the, the day the ninth of the 9th. day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, this time, Antonio makes it through his testimony without slipping up. Good. Um, fun fact, the jury this time was made up of 11 women and one man.
1: It's supposed
2: to be Equal.
0: Now, we're going to talk about the defendant's story and her claims. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her defense was that she suffered from battered woman syndrome, which is when a woman who has been horribly abused feels the only way out is to kill her abuser. Mm -hmm. Um, She believed that she was in imminent danger. Now, everything that I'm going to talk about here is just what she said. Instead of Donna said this or Donna thought this, Donna believed this. Just take everything as this is from Donna's side. This is her side of the story. There are a few instances that she talks about of his abuse, and um, I'm going to go over those.
1: Okay. So,
0: uh, Dennis was upset about an issue with the water heater, and this is what she claimed. He was so mad, he had me against the wall. He was choking me. He pulled out his gun and put it in my face. He said, do you know how bad I want to kill you? She had also been physically abused by her father when she was a child.
2: Hmm.
0: He brought home, he, Dennis, not her father brought home crime scene photos of murder victims to depict what would happen to her if she left. Dang, that's messed up. Oh, this is from her side, though, too. Yeah. I can't say that any of this is able to be proved. Yeah. But another instance that she described was when their son, little Dennis, had fallen down some stairs. They were on their way to the hospital to get him treatment. He ended up fine, but he was hurt pretty badly. Mm -hmm. And Dennis slammed Donna's head into the window. And Donna said, he told me if anything was wrong with little Dennis, he'd kill me. Um, he bragged about holding his gun up to a baby's head. It was in the newspaper as an unidentified cop and he said it was him. Okay. Everything's weird. Uh, since Dennis was a police officer, she couldn't get help from anyone and he could find her if she left.
1: I mean, that, that is so, true. If- yeah.
0: He used his position or his position made her feel like she couldn't do anything or just even more trapped. Yeah. She did escape to a battered woman's shelter in Denver once, and there were papers she had filled out while she was there to show that this was true.
1: Okay, so that's
0: one thing that is proved, is she did go there. she did go there. Yes. She was only there for two days, but Dennis convinced her to come back home, which is not really that unusual in cases like this. Yeah. If it's true. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She thought about killing herself, but she couldn't go through with it. She didn't want to leave her son behind, and he was the only reason why she didn't do that.
1: I get that completely, but also, what about the other children that you're thinking about doing something to their
0: father? More about that little. They're not her kids. Yeah, but... I didn't actually think about that one. Uh, um, According to Donna, she met with Edward Greenwell six or seven times. However, Ed testified that they met about 20 times. Big difference? Yep. Um, at the end of the defense's questioning, Marks asked her, did you love him when he died? She said, yes. Did you hate him when he died? She said, yes. Hmm. So, now we're going to look, aside from her testimony, evidence that they had to support this.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, There's a woman named Susan Soto. She took an aerobics class that Donna had hosted back in 1985. She had said Donna came over one night after she had a fight with Dennis. And Donna told her, I really feel this is it for me. I really feel this is the end. And that she was going to stay with her father that night. Mm Mm-hmm. Donna said in her testimony that she ended up sleeping in the car because she was afraid to go in, of what Dennis might do. Um, My thought on that. That can't be proven. Objection, hearsay. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was weird. Donna told Susan that she was going to go stay with her father, but she didn't. She slept in her car. So you went over there just to tell her that you were... No, she went over there upset, needing a friend for comfort, supposedly. Yeah, why
1: didn't she go to her dad?
0: And then why did she also say in her testimony that she ended up sleeping in the car that night? my thought is that possibly she made sure she had told Susan that she was going to go to her father's house. Mm
2: -hmm. She never
0: went to her father's house. If she thought maybe they would try to get her father to testify, she never came to my house. Mm
2: -hmm. Then she
0: had her inner testimony. Oh, before that comes up, I already told you that I slept in my car. It's weird, right? So another witness that testified on behalf of Donna is a man named Dan Atencio. He was a coworker. He said, That he noticed bruises on her arms and said that she once had a nervous breakdown at work. Once again. Can't prove that. Right. Even if what he said was true, doesn't mean that it was real.
2: Yeah. Does that make
1: sense?
0: People can cry when they're not really producing the tears out of sadness. But he also said that Dennis came to the store to see Donna almost every day and, quote, would disrupt the functions of the store, end quote.
2: Hmm.
1: It's so hard whenever you have so many people describing a person one way and then so many people describing him on, like, the complete other end of the spectrum. Yeah.
0: Um, Another witness was Joseph Concilia. Background about who this guy is. Um, Barbara's children had an account that was set aside for them when they turned 18. Mm -hmm. In her will, when she passed away, she mentioned that. Um, Ray, the oldest son, went to draw his money out and it wasn't there. And he accused Dennis of draining it. He ended up suing Dennis for his money, and Concilia was his attorney. Was Ray's Ray's attorney? attorney. Okay. Yes. Here is what this guy said about Dennis. Okay. He said that Dennis was known for applying more force than what was necessary.
1: Good Lord.
0: Dennis was once again called a bully. (sighs) And Joseph Concilia said, quote, he was extremely brutal.
1: That's really, really harsh words. Right. Brutal? Not like he was mean. He was a mean guy.
0: He yeah. was brutal. And uh, not just brutal, but extremely brutal. Yeah. So, next witness. Um, these aren't in any particular order or anything, just so you know.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Kelly Marquez was another coworker. Um, she said that she had friends that were caught by Dennis for drugs. And her story was that when, quote, the guy wouldn't tell him where the drugs were, he held a gun against their daughter's head and said to tell him where the drugs were, or he'd blow her away. End quote. Well. Wow. Yes. This was apparently the newspaper article Dennis had bragged about. Mm. Or they portrayed in the trial that it was. The anonymous cop. Unidentified. Not really. Not. Well, well, anonymous, I guess. It's anonymous. The same thing.
1: Either way. Words.
0: <laughs> anyway. Gary Fuller was a phone repairman. And he went to replace the phone that had been torn from the wall at the Yocletch's place. He saw marks on her neck, bruises on her face, and maybe a black eye. He did say that he couldn't say 100% that this woman was Donna. But I don't really know how else it could have been. Yeah. But it was kind of from a distance, but he noticed those injuries even from a distance. Huh. So now we are going to talk about Troy Chantala. I did the best I could trying to figure out how to say his last name. It works. Um, this was Kim's husband. Okay. Kim is the daughter of Barbara. Okay. Who lived with him. Troy said that Dennis had told him once that he had almost killed someone in a fight. And from the newspaper, this is a quote from the newspaper said, leaving a man on the pavement with no vital signs gave Dennis a, quote, a warm feeling in Dennis's words. This is what Troy said about this, that Dennis had told him.
1: I don't know. This is... Are
0: you confused yet? Yeah. Do you have, like, mixed feelings, like, to the max?
1: Well, they're going, like, all over the place.
0: Yeah. So, um, the last uh, witness that I want to talk about for the defense's side is Lenore Walker. And she was a Denver psychologist. Mm Mm-hmm. She was considered an expert on battered woman syndrome and this was huge because this was like her sole defense in the case. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that I didn't hire these guys to kill my whole husband. was her for it. But I did it because I feared for my life. hmm She declared that Donna did suffer from this. Donna had mentioned to her that Dennis had suggested that he had something to do with Barbara's death and said he could hurt her and knew how to make it look like an accident. So that was what she had written down in the letter that she sent apparently to Dennis's father. Hmm. But she had also mentioned it to her psychologist. Okay. But she didn't put in the letter that he had something to do with Barbara's death. Donna wasn't allowed to elaborate on her assumption that Dennis was involved with Barbara's death in her testimony. Yeah, Past crimes has, aren't yeah. tied to it. But to me, I think they are.
1: I don't know. In I some cases, I guess. It, Because if you have somebody who was convicted of killing two people... And then he goes to trial for killing somebody and then they can't talk about how he had killed two people before. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. If it was proven that he did it or he confessed to it, that's stupid. In this sense, though, I feel like it makes sense because it's not talking about that person that is on trial, their character. Yeah. It's adding to their defense something that yeah, can't be I get proven. what you're saying. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but that kind of made me think, I guess. Yeah. You know, like... What? And I don't think I would have thought about it if she didn't say that. Yeah. But I guess that's why they wouldn't let yeah. her keep going. So I Can't sway the jury. Um, Lenore Walker said one of Donna's, Donna's, oh my gosh. <laughs> Lord help me please. One of Donna's fantasies was that if she got a gun, she'd be shooting and he'd keep coming at her and the bullets would be bouncing off him.
1: One of her fantasies?
0: Yeah, so apparently with better woman syndrome, it's not uncommon for them to think of these, like, irrational scenarios about what's going on or something. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't have the exact words of how that. Fantasy is what threw me off. Yeah, I know. I thought it was, too. Because usually that's something for pleasure Basically or something like, you want. Um, irrational reality that she thought in her head that could actually happen. Yeah. Is like what... a nightmare, but. Yeah. Um, but this explained why Donna didn't try to shoot him herself. Yeah. So. I guess so. Or they think that that's what they tried to do. Another odd fact, I don't know if this information came from Donna or what, but she testified that Kim, Dennis's stepdaughter, thought that Dennis had something to do with her mother's death, Barbara. Kim thought that, not hmm. just Donna implying it, it's so weird. everything, so back and forth. Now, we're going to move on to the prosecutor's side.
2: Okay.
0: The attorney on this side was defense attorney, not defense, <laughs> district, sorry, district <laughs> attorney, Gus Sandstrom. And he was seeking the death penalty for her. Uh He said that Donna was greedy and she wanted out of the marriage, but there was no way that she could get a divorce and financially be well off. Right. So, in an affidavit before the trial started, there was a fellow police officer that wrote that he knew that the Yoclitches weren't wealthy by any means and that Donna often wrote checks that were returned. Hmm. Um, Here is some evidence that they had against her. So they obviously brought up the Jamaica trip, yeah, and how she was with another man.
1: <laughs> She's sketchy,
0: yeah. Apparently, she had an affair with a coworker not long before Dennis's murder. Well, there's that. Yeah, she received at least two hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars in death benefits. Mm-hmm. She had bought a new Chevy Blazer and had paid cash for this. She admitted that she was the one who had drained the money from the account for Barbara's children, and it wasn't Dennis.
1: See, that right there, in my opinion, that says a
0: lot. Yeah. So when asked about the incident when Dennis was mad about the water heater, Mm -hmm. Donna said she didn't say anything about a gun. This was the incident where he said he put a gun to her and said, do you know? Yeah. Um, The newspaper reporter that followed the trial had that part in quotations. What I read to you was in quotations that he quoted from her.
1: Oh my gosh, she is Amber Heard.
0: So I'm assuming that it was actually said. Yeah. Otherwise that's not a very good reporter and he covered he's the only one who covered the whole trial. Every day <laughs> almost. So um they also brought up the fact that she didn't report anything or any of her injuries.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the police department that Dennis worked for didn't have any jurisdiction where the Yakulitches lived. So
1: if she had reported it, she wouldn't be reporting to that police station. Mm-hmm. Which is the reason why she said she didn't report it. Mm-hmm or one of the reasons, is mm-hmm. because they wouldn't do anything because Dennis yep. was one
0: of their own. But he yep. wasn't because it wouldn't have been that police station. <laughs> <laughs> so he worked, I think I said the Pueblo Police Department. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, where they lived, it was in Avondale. It was the Pueblo Sheriff's Office okay, or Sheriff's Department. I'm almost positive that would have had jurisdiction. So it wouldn't have been his buddies that responded if she had called them. It was a them. completely different place. I don't know though. He's still a police officer. It's still playblow. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean. It's weird though. I mean, it definitely
1: right? raises suspicion.
0: Yep. Uh, when she went to the battered wo- ban ban. I don't even know what that <laughs> was. Get that sheep out of here. The battered woman's shelter. Uh, the form that she filled out had a question that asked if she had suffered any past abuse in any relationships or as a child, and it was marked no. But she said that she was abused as a child by her father.
1: How long before his murder did she go to the women's shelter?
0: Um, I feel like it was before 1985. Okay, but so would have been before before she even asked the Greenwells anything? That's what
1: I was wondering.
0: But I honestly don't know.
1: I just thought maybe if she did it like soon before she contacted them, within or those months whatever, that
0: she was planning it. Yeah, then just trying to build see, up. See, this case. is what
2: it is. Yeah. I don't know
0: Yeah, but, I mean, either way, there was still conflicts there with the information. Yeah. She checked that she didn't have any other abuse before Dennis, and then she told them that she did.
1: If she is lying, or she was lying, she's smart enough to think of stuff like this, but she's not smart enough to execute it well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Obviously, there's the fact that she had planned the murder for 10 months. Mm-hmm. Which the Greenwell said that they were first asked nine months before the murder, but other stuff multiple times said that she planned it for almost a year or ten months. Yeah. So, divorce was even discussed. Um Dennis's brother had said that Dennis had told him that they were gonna get a divorce or that he wanted one. There's another source that I had that said that um they had planned on getting a divorce but were waiting until after Christmas for the kids. Mm
1: hmm. So that plays into She wouldn't get anything.
0: Right. So, divorce was brought up. I'm not for sure whether it was something that they agreed on or something that he had said he was going to do when she found out, but it was mentioned. By someone at some time. Yeah. So, that raises the question, how was she trapped if divorce was a possibility? Yeah. I don't
2: know. Odd.
0: So, now we have witnesses. The first one is Steve Kimsey. He was a weightlifter and former best friend of Dennis. Dennis had actually kicked Kim, his stepdaughter, out of the house after she became pregnant without being married. Which I think that that is kind of weird, but at the same time, I think that's more of like a, um, just a parenting, I guess, uh, I don't know if preference is the right word. But I don't think that that's that uncommon. Not that it's right.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of times when people hear, you know, they were kicked out of the house because of this, they think it's just, they tell their parents and they're like, get out. But yeah. it could have been yeah, trying we to figure something out. Know. They didn't want to yep. do this. So the parent was like, okay, then you're going to find somewhere else. Yep. You don't always know that
0: situation, which I don't know a lot of situations, but. Right. So um, Steve disagreed with Dennis on this matter, but he never saw any abuse. Yeah. So he was a former best friend. This is what they disagreed on. This is kind of what made them kind of drift apart a Yeah, little. but he never saw any abuse from Dennis. Um, Donna met with him once, met with Steve. According to Steve. And he said, Donna was trying to enlist the help of me or someone else to kill Dennis. He also had said that Donna was going to, quote, split the insurance. It was $50,000, end quote. Hmm. So Steve said. Now we are going to talk about Lenore Walker on the cross examination side. Mm -hmm. When asked um, from the newspaper article, quote, had she surveyed women who weren't battered as a way of getting comparative data? Uh, She said no. Because she couldn't, quote, find enough of them to study. Right? I mean, your face right now is exactly the same as mine. I was like...
1: Okay, how are you... That's the whole point of a study. You have to study both sides of it. Yep.
0: And she had written books, and they were supposedly written from a feminist view, a really negative view against men, which some people are just like that. But, so you're going to sit here and tell me, though, that there are not enough women who have not been in abusive relationships...
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that there's way more than there should be that have been, but there's plenty that haven't been as well. Yes. I don't know about her.
0: She also admitted to the fact Donna had one of her books about case studies of battered women before Walker even interviewed her. Studying it? Uh huh.
1: Knowing how to act?
0: What what are you looking for? I I can tell you. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? That's odd. Yeah. Next witness. Alice Brill, she was the, a Colorado Springs psychologist. Okay. So this is their expert that they brought in. Lenora Walker, the defense's supposed expert, basically said to a T, Donna fits this syndrome. Mm -hmm. Donna has it. No other questions, right? Alice Brill had something different to say. Um, She often worked with battered women. Mm -hmm. She said that Donna hadn't undergone enough testing to -hmm. be diagnosed with that. She thought that she was only mildly abused. Most women who kill that were abused cooperate with the police. They are even more emotional than what's to be expected. Um, And they don't care anything really about having relationships with other men.
1: They'd be scared to, I would think.
0: Yeah. So Donna didn't seem to be in much pain after what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, She is quoted to have been emotionless. She didn't come forward and she left for a week with another man after. And supposedly had the affair too. Yeah. So, I mean, that marks off the ones who cooperate with the police. That marks off the ones who are even more emotional. And it marks off the ones who don't care about having relationships with other men. Yeah. So, like, all of these common factors, according to Brill, she didn't have any of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I could say without a doubt that they didn't have a good relationship. They didn't have the best relationship. Right. An
0: abusive one. I don't
1: know about it.
0: I know. It's crazy. Um, Donna's case also didn't fit because usually a woman would kill in an especially elevated situation of abuse.
1: Like an act of crime of passion. Right. Like an in the moment thing.
0: Yeah. Donna planned this for almost a year and she spoke of the occurrence with the water heater as, quote, worst incident, end quote, in a questionnaire that Walker gave her. So she has that one situation, that one time that was worse than everything else.
1: She would have done it. And
0: been. if. And so that's why, that's why Brill said that she feels like if that's what you have, that's when this would have happened. That's when murder would have happened. Yeah. Um, Defense attorney Marks asked Brill, isn't it true that Donna never even raised her voice to Dennis? Which first of all, how would you even know that? Like you weren't there and she can say, yeah, she testified to that, but yeah, that's a weird question. But he says, isn't it true that Donna never even raised her voice to Dennis? Brill said she just killed him. Oh, (laughs) you know what she reminds me of? (laughs)
1: Uh, Vasquez? Uh, Is kind of, or time? Curry.
0: Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Curry's the... Yeah, Curry. Yeah, and Vasquez. She's awesome.
1: You picked a really good time to cover this case. I'm just uh, saying. Apparently.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, we are going to talk about the children's testimonies now, because they also took the stand. Okay. So, first we're going to talk about Ray. Okay. He was the oldest. He's Dennis' stepson, Barbara's son. I just want to reiterate, because there's a lot in a lot of different relationships, so... Um, he had said that Dennis was a good father, but that Dennis had also been physical with him twice.
2: Hmm.
0: So, Ray had wrecked Dennis's truck. Mm-hmm. The defense used the word dented, trying to downplay the amount of damage that was done, I guess, to yeah, make it see seem like, like more of an overreaction.
1: Yeah, like, you know, he backed into a mailbox and dented it, and he flew off the handle when really he could have Ray been driving recklessly and wrecked it into a tree. Ray's, and that's used, why he flipped it. The word
0: wrecked. Like, he... Like, it was really bad, apparently. Yeah. According to Ray. Or the what it seemed like, anyway. Yeah. And Dennis had slapped him five times. And he ended up with a bloody nose. Yeah. So, that was one of the times that Ray said that Dennis got physical with him. The other time was when Ray and Chris were shooting a rabbit, they had caught with the BB gun. And mm-hmm. Dennis was so mad about it, he ended up shooting Ray in the leg with it. Well...
1: I mean, those aren't good. I don't
0: really know that that I would completely disagree. I mean, not that I would necessarily agree with them. But, I mean, I don't know if I would classify that as abusive. I mean, slapping him five times, blood in his nose. That's not good. I was talking about the BB gun. Oh, okay. I was like, I
1: think that's, you know, know, a little.
0: I'm not saying it's not much at all. But, I don't know. Those two incidences from before 1977 to 1985. Yeah. I don't know. But, anyway. So, those are the two instances that Ray talked about. Um, He said regardless of that, he did care about his family. Other than those two instances, it seems like Ray didn't really notice anything else. Yeah. So, Kim. This is the next youngest or oldest child of Barbara's. She's the one who was kicked out. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said that Dennis was never really very affectionate toward anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Donna or Barbara. It's like her mother he wasn't even that affectionate with. She said that he acted like their life was perfect on the outside. And that Dennis used steroids and everything was fine when he wasn't actively injecting them, but when he was, he became moody. She testified that she even thought about trying to kill him herself. Well. Yes. Uh, She said that Dennis didn't care about them because they weren't blood-related and that he forced the boys to work crazy long hours on their farm. Weird, right? I don't know what to think. Right? Uh. Now we're going to move on to Chris, Barbara's youngest son. Dennis had bought Donna, according to Chris... A nine millimeter Smith and Wesson handgun. This was after she had already met with Edward Greenwell. So why didn't she just shoot him? She had that protection from him if she needed it. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like that's where um, Lenore Walker's testimony comes yeah, in. She would have used it. No, Lenore Walker. She had these fantasies that even if she tried oh, to shoot him, that gotcha, wouldn't happen. Gotcha, like gotcha. she was afraid that even if she tried, it wouldn't work, and then it would. She would be even worse off than she was.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Brill was the psychologist. There's a lot. I know, I know. (laughs) Um, But he also said that Dennis had been mad when she didn't carry the gun with her because it was supposedly for her safety.
1: Yeah.
0: And also reminds me, why would someone buy you a gun if they're abusive?
1: I feel like maybe sometimes an abuser will do stuff like that because they're like, they're not going to do anything to me.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? They could, yeah. In August 1985, Donna told Chris that Dennis had threatened her with divorce. So, I don't know why she's telling Chris that, but once again, she mentioned that there was a divorce. Sometime after that, Donna accused Chris of molesting his sister.
1: Okay.
0: Which is weird because in the newspaper, it says Donna accused Chris of molesting her daughter. So, is she talking about Vanessa?
1: I don't know. That's her only daughter if she's like the guardian or whatever.
0: Yeah. But. When she adopted her. That's weird. Yeah. After Dennis was killed, Chris said that he threatened to, quote, break Donna in half, end quote. So, I guess because of the accusations of abuse from him.
1: Did they check her for any other psychological problem?
0: I don't know. I don't think so.
1: (laughs) Not that, like, being abused is something's wrong with you, like, your brain, but it affects
0: you. You know what I mean. So, um, he also said that he never saw Donna with any injuries. He did say that he saw Dennis slap Donna once, but nothing else. Uh, he enjoyed the work that they made him do on the farm. That he made them do on the farm. Mm. <laughs> I said that I didn't wrong. <laughs> even notice it. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah. Um, but he also said that there was an occasion when Dennis got mad at Donna and threw a glass bowl onto the floor. Mm. It shattered and Donna ran outside. So, apparently, his first thought after hearing that and seeing Donna was that Dennis pushed her through a glass door. And he had called his sister, Kim, and told her that. That he had pushed her. Yeah, or thrown her into the, or through the door.
1: But it turned out it was just, he had busted a bowl and
0: she ran out. Yeah. Okay. So, that was one of the things that was mentioned in the defense's closing arguments. Like, what would make Chris jump to that conclusion upon hearing glass shatter? Yeah. Who knows? But overall, he said that, quote, he was trying to provide for us the best he could, So Chris is probably the one who didn't have anything really bad to say, yeah about him. But Chris was also the youngest of Barbara's kids, too.
1: Yeah, I feel like Dennis did have some abusive behavior, Yep. but I still find it really hard to believe that it escalated that much in yep. certain situations.
0: Yeah, I feel like I want to merry-go-round.
1: And especially the fact that divorce has been brought up multiple times already by both people. Yeah. Supposedly. So.
0: Yep. All right. So now Vanessa. This was Dennis and Barbara's daughter. Mm -hmm. The article from the man who followed the case in the newspaper thought that she may have been too young to testify. And her testimony wouldn't carry any weight. Yeah. But she would have been 13 or 14 years old. My daughter's 11 and I feel like she could give a pretty accurate account of what happened. But I also know that my kids don't lie yeah i know that it's not uncommon at all for kids to lie at that age yeah. not that that's bad they're just kids yeah. so i mean it's not good but i don't know if 13 or 14 would have been too young but Depends when she got yeah when she got older she made it clear that she never believed any of donna's claims and she actually had a very different story to tell herself
2: uh-huh.
0: now we're going to talk about the jury and their deliberations uh-huh. and everything um the trial lasted for 12 days Uh, The prosecution decided against the death penalty on Friday, May 20th, the last day of the trial. Hmm. So, possibly to make it easier for the jury to find her guilty. Yeah. Uh, One of the main definitions that stuck out in the instructions given to the jury from the judge was, the law of self-defense involves one's rights to act upon appearances, even though such appearances may prove to be wrong or mistaken. Mm -hmm. So, Even if the jury didn't think that Donna was in imminent danger, if they thought Donna believed that Mm -hmm. she was, then she could still be found innocent of murder because she was acting in self-defense. Right. Uh, The jury ended up deliberating for about 11 hours total over a few days. Yeah. She was found not guilty of first-degree murder, (sighs) but she was found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder. Okay. Okay which could be anywhere from 8 to 24 years, and there was also a possibility of parole. One of the jurors, after all this was over, had said that the not guilty verdict for murder was actually pretty quick. The rest of it was trying to figure out about the conspiracy.
1: I mean, I get that because she didn't pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, but they thought that she believed that she was in imminent danger. So they believed the self-defense, you know. I don't believe that. I don't think I do either. Maybe they didn't either. But if they believed that she believed it, then that's all it took. You get what I'm saying? Like, that is so weird. Anyway, sorry. Uh, She was free on bail while she waited for her sentencing. And on July 29th, 1988, she was sentenced to 40 years in prison with the possibility of parole after 20 years. I thought you said it was from 8 to 24 years. Oh, yeah, sorry. I did forget to add in there that it could be halved or doubled based on aggravating Mm -hmm. circumstances that she had planned it for so long. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. So, a lot of people were shocked at her 40-year sentence.
1: So, 40 years, a minimum of 20.
0: Yes. Okay. So, um, on November 21st, 1991, uh, there was an appeal to have her conspiracy conviction overturned, and that was denied. Good. Uh, while Donna's in prison, in 1994, there is a movie that's released that was based on her life with Dennis on the murder and on that trial. Okay. And it was called Cries Unheard, the Donna Yoclitch Story. Apparently, the only sources that were used for this movie were interviews with Donna while she was incarcerated.
1: So, I'm sure it really plays yeah. in her favor.
0: Uh, Dennis was portrayed as the very abusive monster that Donna painted him to be in her testimony.
2: hmm
0: And a lot of people were like, what? No. Yeah. Because that's all it was. Uh, Vanessa, then 19, when the movie came out, was outraged along with a lot of others. Yeah. And she had said, quote, I will until the day I die be a voice for my father. I didn't watch the movie. I kind of didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, but Hillary Swank apparently plays Vanessa. Hmm. But anyway. After she serves 18 years in this correctional facility, uh, she was released to a halfway house, which is more of a rehabilitation facility. Mm-hmm. And that was in October of 2005. And once again, Vanessa's like, no, this is an injustice. Yeah. Um, in 2009, she was granted parole. So, Barbara's death, Dennis's first wife, that investigation ends up being reopened. There were two forensic pathologists that were asked to look into it by a TV station in Denver, Colorado. And I think because of the trial and the movie and Donna's claims. Yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't watch the movie, like I said, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's stuff in there about Barbara's death, too. Because I think he's like an abusive murderous husband in there. Anyway, they felt the pathologist the forensic pathologist. Uh, They felt like the investigation wasn't very thorough, and they were skeptical of the conditions surrounding her death. Okay. Uh, One of the pathologists thought that the damage to the liver could have been caused by a strike to the stomach. Hmm. And at this time, Kim was almost a teenager at the time of Barbara's death. I feel like she was almost a teenager. She states that Dennis did abuse her mother, and she remembers it
2: what yeah
0: Uh, she remembers uh Dennis banging on the doors and her mother crying begging Dennis not to hurt her Vanessa says no but Vanessa was only two years old at that time yeah however nothing was ever decided it was left open and inconclusive so some people believe that the cause of death was blunt force trauma to her stomach which caused her liver to be damaged and she bled internally
1: so he's either this man who suffered the death of his first wife and then had a rocky relationship with his second wife and was killed because of it and because of money, or he's this monster.
0: But Chris and Ray don't paint him that way. It's just Kim. I feel like Chris and Ray are kind of in the middle. Kim is like, you're horrible, and Vanessa's like, you're the best thing ever.
1: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's one insane. or the other. I yeah. mean, it's crazy.
0: I watched an episode of Evil Stepmothers that covered this. Okay, hmm. so we have cries unheard, which is Dennis is a monster. This woman did this to save her life. Okay, mm-hmm. then we have another episode. This woman's a monster. Dennis was just doing the best he could. Okay, so this episode of Evil Stepmothers it aired in May fourteenth, two thousand, on <laughs> on May fourteenth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, so it's a little bit later on. Um, by the name, you can tell what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's no mention of abuse from Donna during the trial at all. So, this episode is about Donna being an evil stepmother. So, if that was the case, why wasn't anything about that brought up in the trial? I'm at a loss. Right? So, Chris and Vanessa are the only children that were interviewed in the show that it showed. Mm -hmm. Um, Vanessa's claims. According to Vanessa, the only abusive thing in her house was Donna. (laughs) And it started not long after her and Dennis got together which they all loved her at first, but Yeah. Uh, Donna had told her that her dad was stupid for loving her. She made her a Mother's Day gift, Mother's Day card, and called her mom for the first time. Apparently, Donna ripped it up. She said she wasn't her mother and told her never to call her that again. And she had also hit Vanessa in the forehead with the heel of her hand, and it knocked her head back against the wall. And she had told her, your mother killed herself because you're a bad little girl.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. She never said anything to her dad because she just wanted him to be happy. Aww. She was kind of torn. And uh, apparently Donna hit her in the leg at her father's funeral for crying. She was 11 when he passed away. Mm. Or around there. Um, Chris, in his interview, he mentioned that it was, that she was harder on Vanessa. Yeah. Um, I thought it was odd that he would be on this show um, without any testimony during the trial about Donna. Hmm. It makes sense with Vanessa because Vanessa wasn't in the trial. Vanessa didn't have a testimony to make because they didn't put her in it. She wasn't a witness. Chris, on the other hand, was a witness. And nothing like this was ever mentioned of Donna being abusive. Yeah, it's weird. He said that she was harder on Vanessa. Um, She was probably (laughs) two-faced. When the murder happened, he had heard the gunshots, but it didn't register that that's what it was until Donna woke him up. And then he said that his dad could have been called upon for help with anything without expecting anything in return. Hmm. My thing with Chris's interview in that show, the only thing he said about Donna that was bad, she was harder on Vanessa and she was probably two-faced. That's it. Every horrible thing came from Vanessa. And the authors that wrote the books. Also, Gus Sandstrom, the district attorney for the trial. He's the one who made comments about what she did, what she thought, what she was trying to do. I feel like that was pure speculation.
1: I don't know what to say. I'm just like... I'm just listening like, okay, what's next? What happens next? Who said what
0: next? Um, The episode that I watched was The Evil Stepmothers. Um, It was on Investigation Discovery Channel. And this obviously is about how abusive Donna was. It doesn't depict Dennis in any bad way whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Okay? Any of the stuff that was said about Dennis in the trial, none of it is in here. I don't even remember if the trial was even covered. Murderpedia, that's where I got some of the information, has no mention of any of Vanessa's claims. And I can't find anything said by Christopher other than on the episode I watched.
1: So every source, basically, they paint it in a certain light, and that's how
0: they cover it. Yeah. In that light. Yep. Uh, Dennis Jr. is only mentioned, as far as I can find, in two articles. The first one was one that uh, briefly mentions his relief after hearing about Donna being released to the halfway house. Uh, The other article states that he was present for the parole hearing in July of 2009. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Like, he wasn't interviewed in the evil stepmothers. Nothing. Which, I guess he wouldn't be, because if he was relieved that she was getting out, he loved yeah, her. Yeah, he wouldn't want so anything he, to do yeah. with that. Um, Vanessa's last name in the TV show is Sandstrom. The district attorney's last name? Yes. Both her parents are dead. She was 11 years old at the trial. I wonder if he ended up adopting her. I tried to find out. Couldn't find anything. That, or she just changed her last name to his? I feel like if she's going to change it, then she may have changed it to... Her dad's last name. It was already her dad's last name. Oh, strike that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. I don't
1: know. Every That's bad weird. thing
0: about Donna came from Vanessa.
1: So you think maybe Donna was telling the truth?
0: Not about everything, but I, I feel like maybe Vanessa could not be telling the truth.
1: I don't know. I just, right? I feel like all of these people could be lying but for, except one. All of them could be telling the truth except one. I yeah.
2: don't, I don't know.
0: Here are a few uh, discrepancies between the TV show and what I read in the newspaper articles that covered the trial. Um, in the episode, Donna and Dennis's son is referred to as Alex.
1: So is this like a documentary type show? Yes,
0: it's a true crime documentary. Real accounts with real people who were there. If they weren't there, they knew about it.
1: Well, maybe sometimes they'll change somebody's name because they're not in the public eye or whatever.
0: Would they have to say that? No. Okay. I wouldn't think so. Okay. Well, it's everywhere, though. Anyway, they had said in the TV show that Dennis was shot six times, not five, like, in the newspaper article that I read. In the TV show, they said that Donna said that she saw two people running away. The newspaper article, sorry, said that she didn't see anything. So, they said that she saw two people running away but she looked out the window, saw that after she heard the gunshot, and then they found two sets of footprints, which matched what she said. Hmm. And Donna was arrested when she got off the plane after she got back from Jamaica, is what the TV show said.
1: That's mm, not true. Sure. Well, it could be true, but I the other one the, said the that the newspaper she newspaper articles, in, right?
0: Yeah, the newspaper articles were written like the day after things happened. Oh, yeah, that's true. And they're reporters, you know, writing these articles, and there, was, there were pictures of her with her attorney, I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, newspapers aren't always right. My I mean, question look is, at though,
0: Brown. <laughs> yeah, right. But my thing is, why are there so many differences? I mean, and Gus Sandstrom was there. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. But I, I can almost guarantee, though, that they probably don't show them everything that they're putting in the TV well, yeah. show, or the interviews. I'm sure they don't. But and I tried to do some research and I cannot find hardly any other information on any of them now other than what I've told you.
1: Yeah, they're probably all underneath the radar. Under the radar. Whatever.
0: And then you've got Barbara's death that was inconclusive. And Vanessa saying that her father was great and Donna was the abuser.
1: I don't know about it. I don't know about it.
0: But yeah, I'm on the fence bad. I'm on the fence too. Which uh, my first impression of Donna I think was the same as yours. Obviously because you weren't even surprised when I said that she had hired him to kill him. Yeah. But the more I read about everybody's accounts of Dennis, I was more unsure.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like there was some abuse there, mm-hmm. but not to the point that Donna described it. Yeah. And she obviously was not trapped. I don't feel like Vanessa's claims were completely untrue. She seemed sincere on the um, TV show that I watched, but I know that people can act too, so. Yeah. I just think it's weird that everything about Donna that was negative like that came, came from, from Vanessa. her and nobody else that experienced anything. Yeah, Other people weren't really there that talked about it.
1: I don't know. I mean, I could sit here and reiterate what I've already said about what I think and this and that, but there's no point, really. Yeah. It's not going to lead to this is
0: what I think happened or this is what I think happened. So. Yeah.
1: Just go in circles. Sorry if you hear my dog scratching.
0: <laughs> um, I think that the only people who really are ever going to know are the ones who were there.
1: Mm-hmm. The only two people that would know would be Donna and Dennis.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the, the kids, you know, like behind Donna and Dennis's like, closed bedroom door, whatever, they don't know everything either.
1: And Donna is the only one that knew her mindset and her way of thinking at the time. And Dennis is the only one that knew his, so.
0: I think we're never going to know. We know who done it. We just don't know why. Well, that's it.
2: <laughs> uh, I hope you
0: guys found it as dizzying as I did. <laughs> dizzying. <laughs>
1: uh, if you have any thoughts, theories, whatever you think happened, case suggestions, personal stories, um, send those to relativelydarkpodcast at
0: gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Join our Facebook group. Yes, like, follow, share. Tell all your
2: bodies.
0: (laughs) All about it.
1: Well, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Come again.
2: Bye. 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 Goodbye. That scared her. (laughs)